0: today on Laura
1: Lynn and friends. If Pfizer is actually conspiring to release a new virus into circulation, that qualifies as domestic terrorism.
0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. It is going to be spectacular because the truth always wins. You know that I love to read from my dad's Bible. He passed away, um, just a little bit over a year. Ago And I inherited this beautiful Bible and uh, come to find out that there's not a page that my father has not underlined, written notes and all of that. So I like to read something that he thought was important every single day. Today I opened it up and it came to Proverbs 31 and it says, Open your mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed for destruction. Open your mouth judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Is there anything more poignant than this book at this hour telling us that we need to open our mouths? And how many people refuse to do that? How many people are cowards and uh, are not standing up for what's right? An awful lot of them. Before we get to my most incredible guest, now we are on YouTube right now. YouTube, you need to go to Rumble right now because what we have to share with you is so powerful, so poignant, so truthful that we're not really able to share it on this platform. So we're going to let go of YouTube. I'm asking you to go to rumble.com. Backslash. It's it's in the it's in the chat. There's an easy link to get to where we'll we will be live on Rumble and seven other live platforms. By the way, we love that we can go live to Twitter. Is that not spectacular? Behind me, everybody. That is real. That is today in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, right outside my balcony. That is the view. Is that not spectacular? I love it. So uh, I don't like being out there. Um, let's take a look, uh, just before we let go of YouTube, at uh, a little car crash that we had today. I was just talking to Dr. McCullough that people don't know how to drive in the States in the snow sometimes. Well, <laughs> BC. I don't know what to tell you. Look at this.
2: Oh.
0: Is that today? <laughs> that is this morning. Oh. <laughs> That was a bus driver's really, really bad day. Oh, my goodness. Okay, one final thing I'm going to say. I do appreciate uh, Michelle Rempel. Now, Michelle Rempel, Conservative Party, you know, I've had beef with her. Uh, She doesn't care at all about transitioning minors. Uh, They're all, like, pro-transitioning the minors, um, pro-LGBTQ everything in our Conservative Party of Canada. And... We're we're sorry, we just have to say that. But I do appreciate that she's kind of outing some of this information. Legitimately um, flabbergasted, MP raises concerns over government's quarantine hotel spending. So, JT, some some of this is is pretty staggering. I mean, our government thinks nothing of spending, what is it? Spent uh, $6,790,717 to house 15 people at $452,714 per person to use the Westin Calgary Airport Hotel as a quarantine facility. Wow. So we've got you know all, all of the homeless that we complain about on our streets. We've got all kinds of things happening, but because of all this COVID agenda, they've just thrown money at quarantine hotels, quarantine hotels, like millions of dollars. Uh, uh, tell me, any one of you, Isn't there something we could do that would really benefit humanity for all that money? I think so. So, Dr. Peter McCullough has made his way in the world by being honest, a man of integrity. He has paid a very high price. He is one of the best uh, published, most well-known doctors in the United States of America. In fact, he's going to do world tours and he's getting sold out everywhere. We are going to bring him to Canada. Yeah, we'll say goodbye to YouTube now. Please go to Rumble right away. And, uh, oh, bring Dr. McCullough on? Or is that what you were saying? Sure, whatever you like. Um, So, yes, hello, uh, Dr. McCullough. Thank you so much for being with us. We thank you for your courage. Thank you for speaking out. uh, And we appreciate you being here. We do have a little video that we'd like to show of some of the amazing things that you've said. So let me just roll to that one moment.
1: A recent analysis on my... Uh, my Twitter feed, shows that Africa is coming out great. Pretty much COVID-19 is over with. Why? Because they didn't take COVID-19 vaccines. There's now autopsy reports from Verma, Choi, Gill, and this report from Schwab. It's clear that COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis, about half the cases, there's no initial symptoms, Laura. The first manifestation is a sudden death found at home. In fact, the overall autopsy series showed 71% of all the patients found dead at home after vaccination within 20 days was actually due to the vaccine, either heart damage, blood clots, or other conditions attributable to the vaccine.
0: Dr. McCullough, thank you for being here. Um, is, is this all true? Everything that you've been reporting, it's so shocking.
1: You know, I've been truthful with America and the world from the very beginning. Now, three years into this, uh, I said recently at one of the Clay Clark Reawaken America programs to a very large crowd, I've given more public statements than all of our public health officials combined, more than anybody at Health Canada, your premiers. Uh, all combined and my analysis has been consistent. You'll never find a highlight reel where I'm flipping and flopping on issues. And we've seen this across many countries, masking, lockdown, social distancing, vaccines. I've been very consistent because I'm evidence-based. Notice that I cite the literature. I cite the first author of the paper. You'll never hear that from public health officials uh, on either side of the border.
0: And you're always interviewing some great people as well that are showing that, uh, I mean, this last year, we've been absolutely astounded at the number of athletes that have suddenly died, the number of doctors in Canada suddenly dying. Uh, They're now talking about airline pilots. Do you see a trend?
1: There's an absolute trend. Recently, Dr. Panagis Polycretis from Italy and myself teamed up for a peer-reviewed publication in the European literature. And we've just updated the the data from a public blog, keeping track of this. For European athletes, soccer and rugby, before the vaccines in a stable time period, age 35 and under, currently actively playing, pro, semi-pro, 79 cardiac, uh, I'm sorry, 29 cardiac arrests per year in that stable period. After the COVID-19 vaccines, that annualized number now is 283. Laura, it's been a tenfold increased risk of athletes dying uh epoch times is reporting 270 american athletes have died we know that the COVID 19 vaccines cause heart damage myocarditis our fda says that as a cardiologist i know they can't exercise or play if they have myocarditis because it'll precipitate cardiac arrest and here we have a situation the sports teams have mandated the vaccines the players are developing myocarditis whether they feel it or not and they're having sudden death. Most recently, Damar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football, has a cardiac arrest, primary cardiac arrest on the field. Four weeks into it, Hamlin, his family, the doctors, none of them will say whether or not he's taken the vaccine. He's even given now his own personal press release, and it's so odd because my patients with cardiac arrest, I'm a cardiologist, will always tell you what the cause of the cardiac arrest is, And here we are, four weeks into it, multiple press briefings, and they won't say what's caused it.
0: It, it is actually very shocking. There there seems to be an extreme cover-up. It, it's, it's such a good cover-up by mainstream media, Dr. McCullough, that, that people, even to this very day, I got a letter last night of, of a person who says, I'm trying to enlighten my pastor. My pastor feels that the medical establishment has done well and has helped us to navigate the pandemic. What do you say to a pastor that does not see the truth yet?
1: I agree. It's almost as if people are in a trance particularly those who've taken the vaccine, they really don't wanna hear any bad news because psychologically it's so unnerving to know a vaccine is inside the body. You can't get it out and then having people die. Recently, MSNBC news announcer Yasmin uh, went on with her uh, NYU cardiologist where she clearly had you know, tweeted and texted that she had taken the vaccine. Then she develops myopericarditis with fluid collection around the heart, nearly dies of pericardial tamponade. She was in and out of the hospital three times, emergency transfers, loses a month of time as a news anchor. And then she comes out incredulously with her cardiologist and states that this is due to the common cold. No one uh, no one believes that it's it's either they are willfully blind or they're completely ignorant to the FDA warnings and the peer reviewed literature. Neither one of those is a good place to be.
0: What do you attribute as uh, with your expertise, your field of exper- expertise in medicine, what are you attributing that these mRNA shots, why are they causing people to have um, heart attacks and strokes? What, what is it that's happening?
1: The genetic vaccines install the, the genetic code in the human body to produce an uncontrolled amount of the Wuhan spike protein. This is a spine on the surface of the virus. The spike protein was was intentionally engineered to become more invasive and lethal. And this causes blood clots, heart damage, neurologic damage, autoimmune problems. The spike protein has been found in the human heart by Bomeyer and colleagues in young people with myocarditis. Recent paper from Harvard, Yonkers et al, has found the circulating spike protein in young people uh, under age 16 in the hospital, at Massachusetts General Hospital with myocarditis the spike protein has been found in blood clots it's the most deadly lethal disease causing protein we've ever seen in human medicine and it's being installed by a genetic code for in those who've taken the vaccine
0: it's so shocking and and yet we've got uh you know the the college of physicians and surgeons in canada that is attacking dr trozzi uh dr charles hoff um, you know, Dr. William Macus, all of these men under tremendous fire for speaking the truth about these things. And in, in the United States of America, attacks on uh, doctors such as Scott Jensen. I'll just play a, a brief clip from Dr. Jensen on the trouble he's in for speaking the truth.
3: A packet. This time it's not just from the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice. This time the Office of Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison is involved. The byline on the stationery, helping people afford their lives and and live with dignity and respect. In this document, I've been advised that the fifth investigation will require hearings, meetings. The first four, this is number one, this is number two. This is number three. This is number four. These, the allegations, were dismissed.
0: This will scrub to the but part where he, uh, he talks and
3: about And what legal they're saying
0: is, for is the Minnesota biggest problem. Of
3: Medical practice. To my knowledge, not one of the allegations against me has had anything to do with patient-doctor care. It has things to do with someone didn't like the way I listed my position as clinical associate professor on my curriculum vitae. Someone didn't like the idea that I promoted the benefits of natural immunity over vaccines. Someone didn't like it that I compared, like Tony Fauci did and Mike Osterholm, the influenza to COVID. I'm gonna be posting these.
0: So this is what's happening. It's, it's an absolute assault like we have never seen before on common sense, on doctoring, on, uh, on facts.
1: I know Dr. Jensen personally, and I know his wife. He's a fine family physician. He's a former state senator. He was a gubernatorial candidate for the state of Minnesota. He has a spotless clinical record. Uh, he's in a family of physicians, very high integrity. Uh, This is an all-out attack on America's best doctors. Personally, I've uh, now been recommended to be stripped of my internal medicine and cardiology board certifications. Uh, None of these allegations against me have anything to do with patient care. That's the only thing the boards should be concerned with. I have, again, a spotless clinical track record. I finished near the top of my class, one of the most published doctors in the world in history and and heart and kidney disease, one of the most published doctors on COVID-19. In my case, the American board came up with a bogus COVID misinformation policy and then went back to a period of time before the policy and accused me of misinformation and answering questions and testifying in the Texas Senate. So we have an unmoored System right now, and it's draining Doctors in terms of legal fees, court proceedings. As we try to take care of our patients and keep our practices going, I can't tell you the strain that doctors are under right now in this era of widespread corruption.
0: Hundred percent, and and they've lost, uh, you know, they've lost their livelihood and their ability, and they're they're just being shut down. Uh, there is an expose that has come out here. Um, and it's basically about the German government. Uh, the German government data confirms that COVID vaccinated uh, did develop acquired immunodeficiency syndrome in January 2022, and it has caused 102k excess deaths over the year, a 276% increase on deaths in 2020. Are we? Are you seeing? as well in the data that you see that 2020 had far less deaths. We're actually seeing these um, excess deaths rising in 2022 when the pandemic is basically over.
1: That same observation has been made uh, in the Australia Office of Health Statistics. So graded increases from 2020 to 2021, 2022. Remember the vaccines, if they worked, would, would hold mortality neutral during a surge or even lower it In fact, that hasn't happened. Uh, Every life insurance company in the United States is reporting record claims. Uh, Edward Dowd, financial analyst, former BlackRock executive, has published a book on this summarizing, basically a monograph, well worth reading. And now we have other sources of evidence. Recently in BMC infectious diseases, Dr. Mark Skidmore from Michigan State has used social science uh, survey techniques, asking people who they know died of the COVID-19 vaccines or injured. And he's come up with an estimate that's consistent with multiple others. For the U.S. in 2021, the estimate is somewhere between two hundred and 300,000 Americans have died due to the COVID-19 vaccine. And, and that's about double what Germany has seen, and we're about double their population.
0: Absolutely shocking. And yet that's not what you're hearing. We're still hearing the mantra of safe and effective. We're still seeing... You know, uh, we, we're uh, we're starting to see a crack. Like BBC recently ran a doctor basically stating that the, the vaccines were harmful and they got in a lot of trouble for it. We're, we're beginning to see cracks, of course. The amazing Tucker Carlson constantly and Laura Ingram, as you've been on her show many times. These are, are two people that are putting it forward in mainstream media. But, of course, uh, yeah, and Joni, of course. We love Joni. But, um, uh there's such a cover-up. Is this going to go down? Do you believe there's a day when we will look back in history and go, what happened there? Who was it that was paying off and controlling all of the the information being released to save people's lives?
1: There will be. I think the day of, of justice is coming. There's just too much coming out. We know in 2021, the White House, President Biden and the Health and Human Services Department announced the COVID community Court program. This was $13 billion of American federal taxpayer money that went out unrestricted to uh, hundreds of community groups, nearly 4,000 media stations, including MSNBC, uh, including Fox News and others. And it's only the strongest anchors, such as Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson and others who feel like they can actually speak the truth. Others less secure toe a government party line. There must be talking points that say that nothing can be said uh, uh, to you know, raise questions or doubts regarding the vaccine. There's been complete suppression on advances of early treatment and a continued fear campaign, all centered on trying to drive more mass vaccination.
0: It has been a pandemic of cowardice and I just appreciate, let me tell you, uh, I know you must have had some bad days in the attacks that have come against you and continue to come, but there is there is a global standing ovation for you of people that understand the truth, that are awakened, that are thanking God for what you continue to do and what you continue to say. Um, my concern has especially been with the rollout of these vaccines on children. Uh, do you believe that that has been a detrimental part of, of all of this.
1: Well, certainly more children have died due to the COVID-19 vaccine than ever could have theoretically died of the illness. This is a tragedy. Recently, two vignettes in the Ver system exemplified this. One was a six-month-old baby, get this, on a single administration, received the MMR, the Tdap, influenza vaccine, and pneumococcal vaccine, and the COVID vaccine all at once, and the baby died a few days later. A second one, two-year-old a child, received combined influenza and COVID-19 vaccine, also died a few days later. These are examples of what I call being vaccinated to death.
0: Oh my word. I mean it, it doesn't even make sense, even to someone like myself who's not medically trained, you know, it just seems uh, an over an overshot, an overkill on on, on what you should be doing. Um, Do you think, are you seeing the United States of America, like a lot of people much more hesitant now? So I think that the information's getting out and working. Do you see a a pullback on getting the third and fourth and fifth booster?
1: We see uh, evidence of, of low interest now. The bivalent boosters, which failed in animal studies, had a false surrogate rise in antibodies and were keyed against BA4, BA5, which probably left America. We now have uh, BQ and XBB. Uh, So they have no theoretical chance of uh, having any benefit. And they don't have any clinical benefit that we can see whatsoever. Uh, Americans have largely dropped them. Only 15% of Americans have taken a booster or are staying current. Uh, Recently, the CDC is reporting nursing home workers, uh, the group that would have theoretically benefited the most if they actually would have taken a vaccine, now 10% are taking the boosters. 10%. uh, I checked in with my mom who lives in a senior center. She said they're not even talking about them anymore. Uh, People have basically uh, thrown in the towel. They're sick and tired of these vaccines. On December 7th, 2022, I called for in the U.S. Senate, pull all the vaccines off the market. They're not
0: safe for human use. Dr. McCullough, thank you. And I mean, that is such good news. Maybe we're winning. Maybe we're getting through this and, and hopefully we won't be repeating it. But did you see that Veritas clip that went viral uh, that that possibly Pfizer is you know, doing this directed evolution? What, what are your comments on that?
1: What we learned was stunning. Uh, Dr. Jordan Tristan Lee Walker, uh, a graduate of Yale. He went to my medical school here in Dallas at UT Southwestern. He was about midway through a rotating internship in the Northeast, and then he was plucked out of it and worked for Boston Consulting, uh, wrote some advocacy piece for Remdesivir, quickly goes to Pfizer R&D. He's caught up in a sting operation by Project Veritas. Project Veritas is a not-for-profit agency. They're basically doing the work of the U.S. FBI right now. He's caught in a sting operation where he reveals that Pfizer is contemplating, if not doing, What's called directed evolutionary research, actually intentionally modifying SARS-CoV-2 uh, to make the strain be, you know, resistant to current vaccines and prompt new Pfizer vaccines to cover the new variants. Now, this is very serious allegations. It could involve gain of function research if it's more infectious or more uh, lethal. And then, worse than that, if Pfizer is actually conspiring to release a new virus into circulation, that qualifies as domestic terrorism.
0: And uh, when are we going to, you know, hold them to account? And in essence, they don't get held to account for anything, right? You're, this you're is right. You
1: know, a letter went off from Senator Marco Rubio from Florida uh, to Pfizer veterinarian CEO, Albert Borla, and then another one from Ronnie Jackson, uh, Texas state, uh, 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 Texas um, congressman, uh, but, but you know, the letters from a congressman or a senator are not where this needs to be. There needs to be a federal probe. It needs to be uh, assigned. And Pfizer needs to come under federal investigation. They've been there before, and they've actually paid out some of the largest criminal fines of all time. So Pfizer has committed crimes in the past, and they are clearly involved in one now. 100%.
0: 100 um... We, we hope that that is going to be dealt with. So as you look forward to the future, yes, yes. Um, the, the emails that I'm now getting, uh, Dr. McCullough, are, I've taken the shot. I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm getting some, you know, experiencing some difficulties. What are you suggesting now to your patients to do to mitigate the damage?
1: As an internist and cardiologist, I get that question all the time in the office, and it's not uh the fault of the the public the public was doing what they were you know told to do they took the shots early many people early in 2021 took one or two shots Uh, then they learned about safety as we all did and they didn't take any more Uh, the first point is that it looks like the toxicity and the side effects are cumulative so the first point is don't take any more shots uh, because with each shot the, the risks become successively greater for all the serious complications the second point is to be vigilant meaning that some of these complications are easily treatable. Let me give you an example. You get on a plane and you get off the plane and one leg is more swollen than the other. Think a blood clot. Recently, Wu and colleagues from the FDA published in the peer-reviewed literature a report on thousands of blood clots after vaccination. In this case, the Janssen vaccine, which would be similar to your AstraZeneca vaccine. And there, they were reporting on ankle to hip blood clots, giant blood clots in living people, the FDA is reporting this, and 11% were fatal. So people need to be vigilant. Same thing with chest symptoms. Uh, We recently had MSNBC anchor Yasmin uh, give her, her journey about myopericarditis and pericardial tamponade. She had to go to the hospital three different times to get a doctor's attention and get transferred. Recently, UCSD, uh, Department of Emergency Medicine here at Nicky and colleagues reported the same thing an 18 year old boy who had to come back three times finally is found to have nearly fatal heart problem. So the point I'm making is be vigilant with respect to to symptoms that one would expect blood clots, heart damage, and neurologic damage. And then lastly, uh, people have been asking about detoxification, how do they get it out of the body? Uh, right now we have no clinical trials, we have uh, some leads. Uh, One favorable lead is on a Japanese supplement called natokinase. Uh, It it dissolves the spike protein in preclinical studies, but it needs human studies in order to be advanced towards recommendations. Now, it's a safe over-the-counter supplement. Many are saying, listen, we can't wait for this. We have to take action now. But the main points are stay away from any more shots, be vigilant, and then do the best one can in terms of being healthy and allow the body to detoxify.
0: Well, that is very helpful. Uh, Very, very helpful indeed. Um, uh, Pilot Bob Snow appeared on Tucker Carlson last night. And I'm wondering, like, are we all at risk because this silencing of good information is now transferring into the airlines? And a lot of people are saying, we are potentially, you know, going to get that bad situation. Bob Snow had a cardiac situation six minutes after landing. It could have happened during the flight. Are we, are we at risk because they're not dealing with it properly? He reported that nobody followed him up for questioning. There was never a mention. Could it be the vaccines that they've now forced every pilot and airline worker to get?
1: It's clearly worrisome. I'd be concerned certainly as a passenger, and then a doctor who's many times called for these emergencies. What we know is Pilot Snow had a full-blown cardiac arrest in the jetway. Uh, He was resuscitated with the AED, uh, but that should be uh, a full FAA investigation. No investigation was done. Turns out the lead physician for the FAA never inquired, never reviewed the case, never called him, and it was brought to her attention that you've had a pilot with a cardiac arrest. To make matters worse, there was a 36-year-old pilot, co-pilot, on an, air, on an airplane that took off out of Chicago O'Hare that just got up off of the takeoff. He has a cardiac arrest in the cockpit, and you can imagine the, the, the other pilot trying to fly, and he's trying to get help with the uh, flight attendants and doctors on the flight, and, and he was able to turn the plane around and get back to O'Hare, but sadly, the 36-year-old man died on the plane. Uh, we're going to see more of this, and I think even uh, greatly concerning is the FAA, without any explanation, has loosened a lot of the medical criteria that the pilots have to pass, including a whole series of EKG parameters. And as a cardiologist, I can tell you the only reason to change EKG parameters is, is that the aging of the, of the workforce has occurred, there are more cardiovascular drugs, or in fact, they are sustaining heart damage on a population level. And the question on the table for the FAA is, why have they changed the EKG criteria and, and based on what data?
0: Beginning to uh, spread the word and, and take your message uh, across the world. You're going to be going to Australia and India. Um, are, are you getting any roadblocks put up to your ability to travel and speak in these places?
1: Certainly not in India. Um, I have some meetings planned to actually meet with Prime Minister Modi. I have a personal relationship with his doctor. I've been there before. I'll be holding a major seminar on February 7th in Delhi. We'll have the whole QVive network. Dr. Emmett Banerjee, a very esteemed professor there. Preshnet Bushnan, one of the lead barristers, Uh, probably hundreds, if not thousands of physicians and others. Uh, in Delhi, India. You know, India is largely done with the vaccines. They've had a very poor experience with them. Uh, they widely used ivermectin and other drugs to get through the pandemic, so India has been fine. But I've been stunned with what's going on with Australia. By personal communication last night, I've found that Australia is still blocking the uh, travel visa for Pierre Corey. uh you, you know, my inpatient acute care, uh, pulmonary critical care leader in COVID-19. Fortunately, I had a visa uh, previously from a prior uh, professor lecture series there. Uh, I was able to get in on my visa, uh, but we've had threats from other members of parliament uh, against me coming. Uh, and we've had Eventbrite, the ticketing, uh, without uh, with breaking the contract, uh, they declared all the events canceled, confused all the attendees, uh, returned the money, and people had to reconfigure their... Uh, plane tickets Uh, but despite all that we've sold out in multiple venues now melbourne sydney brisbane canberra and i plan to bring a message of truth to australians i want to hear from the people who've been injured and from the families where they've uh, family members have died the vaccine i want to have some frank conversations with doctors and members of parliament we've got to get things on track australia new zealand canada among the worst countries for pandemic response in this new totalitarian approach to uh, to governance,
0: we're pretty concerned with our Prime Minister Trudeau and his love of the vaccines, um, his quiet investment. He wants to build mRNA facilities across uh, Canada so that we can produce more of this. Do you do you think that the movement towards putting mRNA into all vaccines is what I'm hearing, if I'm right about that. Uh, is, Is that potentially damaging for us moving forward?
1: It's disastrous. mRNA is off to a terrible start in terms of safety track record, blood clots, heart damage, neurologic damage, uncontrolled production of foreign proteins in the body. This is the last platform that we need to transition safe And effective vaccines onto. You know, there are vaccines that have a very good track record. I think polio and rubella among the best. Um, But, you know, I think what's going to happen in messenger RNA is going to turn off people in general to vaccines. And for those who are vaccine proponents, this is the last thing they want to do as confidence erodes in general vaccination. A recent Kaiser Family Foundation survey has shown that as confidence erodes, public health officials are actually going to lose ground on general vaccine campaigns.
0: Well, I, and I certainly hope that everybody wakes up to this. The one of the, um, as we come to a close, uh, one of the things that I've heard is that like by hiding it in the lipid nanoparticles that, that basically fools the body into not seeing it. And so not recognizing that there's a problem. And that's why the immune system Maybe you can help us understand that. like there, It's actually damaging now the immune system of those that have taken it.
1: It's true. The, the lipid nanoparticles, like a Trojan horse, it's on my Substack Courageous Discourse, it actually it begins to cause fusion of cells called syncytia. That's an abnormal response. The spike protein is produced, is expressed on cell surfaces. The body attacks its own cells. This is an awful situation to have happen no wonder people feel so sick afterwards you know our cdc vSAFE data show seven to eight percent of people have to go to the hospital or emergency room afterwards because they're so sick with the vaccines the lipid nanoparticles carry the genetic code into the brain the heart the adrenal glands the reproductive organs this is the last place we'd want to have a vaccine particularly with the lethal wuhan spike protein actually be go in the human body. Now, autopsy studies have shown the spike protein in the human brain, in the heart. Uh, we believe it's in the adrenal glands, uh, reproductive organs. Recently, Hannah and colleagues in JAMA have shown that messenger RNA is on the move and it's in breast milk of breastfeeding mothers. This is an awful set of developments. Everything we've learned about the vaccines and messenger RNA after their public release has been bad news.
0: It's uh, it's it's like a psyop that we're living in. <laughs> and, you know, it's just so absolutely shocking. Uh, I'm grateful for Elon Musk uh, sort of making Twitter uh, a more free speech platform. So I can literally air our entire interview right now on Twitter. I appreciate that. But he also just recently came out and said that he had a hor- – he felt like dying after his second shot. This is good That that – Big name people are starting to talk about it.
1: It is good. You know, Elon Musk, uh, he he was the person I eclipsed on Joe Rogan Experience. When I said all the records, I kind of ousted Elon from uh, the top position. I messaged him when he came out with his vaccine injury. What he suffered is what's considered a reactogenic reaction. It's about 80 times worse on shot number two. But I think what really got his attention, he revealed that a cousin developed vaccine-induced myocarditis so it hit home and as he saw doctors like myself censored on twitter i think it got to a point where he said listen we just we just have to let 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 the doctors on and then the twitter files revealed that the fbi had dozens of agents within twitter the cdc was directing twitter we even found out that former fda commissioner scott gottlieb who's on the board of pfizer advising america to take vaccines on cnbc on the uh, investment show every morning that he was actually influencing Twitter to suppress information on natural immunity in order to sell more Pfizer vaccines. This has been awful. At least Twitter's been opened, although many people in my circles feel that our accounts are throttled, uh, that that there's evidence that there's still some type of programs that are running trying to mute our message on uh, early treatment of COVID-19 and vaccine safety.
0: Mm. I I do think that's true, actually, that we're not getting the traction. And definitely, Facebook's gotten much tougher. Facebook, uh, you're not getting away with anything. Now I'm on a 30-day ban. I got 11 days left. Um, So, you know, if we can't get good information out, I feel at some point that they are culpable for this. Um, all in all uh, Dr. McCull, I'd like to give you the final word anything that you're finding out anything new that's coming hopefully we're getting through this I'm just not certain if they're going to try to in- introduce another vaccine for the next so-called pandemic or if we're if really we've broken their backs um, on this I pray that we have but what do you see coming ahead? Well, let
1: me give us some quick hits on good news we'll finish on a positive note. Paper Excellent. by uh, Chin and colleagues, New England Journal of Medicine, October 2022. 59,000 prisoners, 17,000 staff. This is a great study. If, if if someone has already been through the Delta or Omicron outbreak and has had COVID and they get a second case of COVID, there is a 0% chance of hospitalization and death. Paper by Claussen and colleagues, New England, in preprint server, 94% of Americans have already been through COVID. So effectively, the pandemic is over with in the United States. Another piece of good news, our military dropped the vaccine mandates. They were forced to because of an appropriation contingency from the Senate uh, and Congress. I'll give you another piece of good news is that we've had progressively fewer and fewer corporate mandates and school mandates out there. Uh, The uptake of taking vaccination is progressively lower. And I'll give you one final piece of good news. I was notified that uh, the major health system in Dallas that was suing me, trying to financially crush me, uh, that that lawsuit has been dismissed with prejudice it means it can never come back again. Uh, and I think this is a real victory for freedom of speech, for, for a fair presentation of scientific data, which I've always done, and for other doctors who you know, I think should and will be willing to come forward and speak the truth
0: that is amazing and you know uh, dr mccullough just yesterday we had a-, a lawyer on representing dr trozzi and some others here in canada and uh, he feels that they have already admitted that recommendations are only recommendations. All of these doctors have been taken to task here in Canada because they didn't follow recommendations. But a recommendation is simply a recommendation, and no doctor actually has to follow that. And so they believe that there's some victory coming there. Why do you think they dropped the case against you other than it's complete nonsense? But what what do you think was, was the reason that you've been... Had this success
1: you know the allegation was that i was bringing the health system name into the media and i've given more now more media clips and interviews than all of our public health officials combined all the other uh scientists uh who are promoting vaccines combined and i've developed such a track record of being evidence-based my opinions are always my own not those of anyone else uh i think the totality the sheer weight Of you know, my presence as a public figure and media commentator was so great uh, that they had nowhere to go with it, and ultimately capitulated, and it was dismissed.
0: Well, I am so happy. I am. I am so thrilled uh, that that is the case for you because uh, there is nobody that has stood stronger, and your name is great. You know, one of the scriptures. Uh, That that is in the Word of God says that He will make your name great, and I, I believe that that has happened for you because you have stood with righteousness. You have not capitulated. You have not been a coward. You have refused to bow like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I consider you one of the finest, and we are so proud. So we are going to be working very hard to bring you to Canada. So we'll talk to you about that. But God bless you in your journeys to Australia and India. Be safe. May God's blessing be upon you. And as you. you speak the truth, may the world be changed because I believe actually you have saved perhaps millions of lives with your truth. And you will go down in history as being one of those that saved the day at this epic hour when we have faced this crisis. Thank you, Dr. McCullough. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you, Days like this don't get better for me. I mean, last week we had Christine Anderson and uh, having Dr. Peter McCullough here again is a real honor and a real privilege. And I'm grateful because I see that the folks that are writing to me know who he is. Um, They're listening to what he's saying. And because of real doctors with the expertise, with, you know, with the, um, basically with the letters behind their name are telling us the truth. And it has caused everyone to take a pause in this mainstream media propaganda campaign, vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. And it has been the wrong thing to have done. On every level, it's failed. The vaccines never did what they were supposed to do. They never stopped transmission. They clearly have not stopped hospitalizations and they have not stopped death. And death, even with COVID, you're finding the hospitals filled with that. We've heard the statistics on that as well. So uh, please keep uh, Dr. Peter McCullough in your prayers because this is an epic spiritual war as well. I want to invite now uh, uh, Ken Drysdale to the show and. Ken has been putting out some amazing information. He's an executive engineer with over 40 years of experience as a professional engineer, which includes 29 years experience in in the development and management of national and regional engineering businesses. And with this experience that he's had, he has put together some fantastic information that is helping all of us. So Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here today.
2: Thank you for inviting me, Laurel, and it's a pleasure.
0: Well, we've had you on the show before, and uh, you basically, um, you know, you've been telling the truth about all of this. Uh, Just before we get into the weeds about all all that, that you have to share... Um, when you see someone like Peter McCullough and he has really paid quite a high price, as he said, people are losing their, their jobs, their livelihood, their careers, their reputations over speaking against the narrative. Um, how have you fared in being an engineer when you've been telling the truth on all of this?
2: Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, as it comes, I'm actually under investigation by the uh, engineers and geoscientists of Manitoba for having taken a stand. Uh, I haven't made this public before because it's still in the investigative stages. And uh, I actually attended an interview with them on, the, I think it was the 10th or 12th of January. And um, I'm waiting for them to uh, come up with some kind of a ruling. So, yes. Yes. Um, uh, it just it seems that anyone who stands up and exercises their free rights, uh, there's their free speech rights, is being attacked in this country. It's not just uh, Dr. McCullough and not just Jordan Peterson, but it's the uh, the rest of us as well. It's uh,
0: a interesting who seems situation. To stand. So you're in good company, and also we we are beginning to see. Uh, you know, on my show yesterday, we had um, a lawyer who's basically outlining how he thinks that they're going to get. All, all charges dropped against doctors that have actually upheld the oath that they took to do no harm. Um, so I'm hoping that that is uh, that whatever fire you go through, Ken, that that truth is going to come out on the right side of this. Because if people think that um, the world is just going to capitulate and bow to their stupidity and not actually following the science, which is basically what you've done. Then, uh, then they're very, very wrong about that. We we have a very informed group, and especially people watching my show are very informed and know what is going on because we present the facts every day. This show, you, you will not see this information on CTV, CBC, Global. I bet you haven't had an invitation to share some of your findings on any of those mainstream media um, outlets, but we're telling the truth, and it is changing lives, and I get letters every day saying... That you saved, uh, I love it. They say, they literally say this: "You saved my family because your show and the guests you had on convinced me I was never to get these shots." I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. And any anything I've had to pay for telling the truth on this has been well worth it. And so, Ken, we we definitely stand with you in all of that. So. Now it's my understanding that you had some good news. I don't know how to incorporate it, or that maybe you've got a little bit of a, <laughs> you know, something cool to tell us. So when is the right time to divulge that?
2: Well, you know, um, there are probably a whole lot of uh, folks uh, viewing this today that uh, don't know, uh, you know, who I am and what we're talking about. And um, you, you know, what Laura Lynn was referring to is that uh, probably about six months ago, I wrote a fact-based analysis of the statistics that the government of Canada had been reporting with regard to, uh, you know, the lethality, the mortality of the, of the vaccines and, and we published that in 89 page report that went into a document that was submitted to police forces across Canada. And when the police forces didn't take action, we forwarded that to every member of parliament and every uh, member of the Manitoba legislature and then what happened was was kind of amazing it was never this report was never meant to go public it was really meant to uh provide uh the police forces with enough information that they could actually um undertake an investigation like we didn't you know we weren't pointing the figuring saying this person was guilty but we said here's a collection of facts here's the backup you know directly from the government of canada and we think that you need to do an investigation so Police didn't take action. We send it to every MP by registered mail, every senator by registered mail, and then something fantastic happened. You know, this was only back in June. Um, Canadians started to want to know what we wrote, and um, you know, in the six months that uh, we created, or I created a website in June, and uh, I think we're approaching two hundred thousand visitors the report has been downloaded, copied and sent out by people all over the world to, we, we think about a 500,000 times and it's uh, been downloaded all, uh, all over the world. Literally there's the only continent that it hasn't been downloaded on is Antarctica. <laughs> I wonder why that is.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so there might not
0: be COVID <laughs> there. I don't know.
2: Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. We, um, so, you know, ordinary Canadians like you and I have caught on to this, and they and they started sending it out. I mean, we've got I get like you, I get emails from across the country every day, and uh, you know, we went through our country went through a real dark time, particularly in the summer last year around August, and I was getting literally hundreds of emails of people saying, "I don't know what to do. I'm giving up hope." And what our report did is, it gave hope in that along with the report and it's available for free download on our site and anonymous download i might say um, a person can print it they can go to their school board meeting and hand it to the school board they can go to their doctor's office and say hey did you see this do you know they can show up at the police station and hand it to the police and say did you see that Um, you know that we and we made it easy you know folks can download it off our website and we made these uh, little business cards that they can also download off our website. It's got the uh, download address. It's got a QR code on it. Whoops! There we go. And um, and uh, so folks uh, can just download it once, drop it off at their neighbor's house. You know, give it to their their child or their adult child who's uh, haven't made up their mind or trying to get proper information. And you know, we, we have people who've done it. Hundreds of times, you know, that I I believe, and I have no way of confirming this, but I believe every MP and every senator and every MLA in the whole country have gotten it dozens, if not hundreds of times.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, sending it to them.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, it's amazing, Laurel. And we, as you know, we had a gathering at the RCMP headquarters building in Winnipeg. And uh, prior to the uh, gathering we sent registered letters to the commissioner here in manitoba we sent registered letters to the uh, winnipeg police service and told them who we were we were being very respectful what what we were up to what we wanted uh we even provided the rcmp with a speaker's slot um in the speech and we guaranteed their safety we had a lot of retired police officers there and um when we got there the rcmp's responsible we don't know anything about this <laughs> It had gone to every single detachment by registered mail. (laughs) And it had been given out hundreds of thousands of times. And the RSAP didn't know anything about it. It's it's really interesting. I I am so uh, thrilled to
0: hear that. Well, I'll tell you how we know all about your report, Ken, is because my husband had to go to Staples, I believe, in um, uh, Saskatchewan. (laughs) And uh, he had to photocopy this like six times because we got it into the courts on a certain court battle that was happening and we made sure that a judge had it and you know the other counsel and we had to do all these copies of it so he's very well uh aware of and we made sure that we got the cover uh, to, to be color as well. So we went the whole distance. But some of the things that you report, I wanted to kind of show a couple of things here, but like a detailed review of causes of death in various age groups in 2020. And and you start like just disseminating, uh, d- disseminating a lot of information that is helpful statistically to show, um, you know, on these infographs, people... Yeah, and it's what, you're right, it's government data, as JT's pointing out. Like, you're taking yeah. their own statistics, you're taking what they've said the numbers are, and showing that, uh, that you know, we've got a real problem, statistics, infographs. I mean, I just went to town um, on all of this stuff, and I thought this was some of the finest information that is already, uh, you know, in in a form that you can print. Anyone can print this. You can even have it on your coffee table for when your friends come over and, uh, you know, they're not awake and they've had two shots. They're considering taking their third booster and you might want to show them a little smackdown on, you know, what's been happening. So this is great. Now, what I'm wondering, Ken, is are you updating this? Because there is amazing information coming out now Mm. in 2022. So do you have plans for, let's say, perhaps, you know, uh, an increase in an update on on what you've already got, which is already uh, phenomenal?
2: Absolutely, we have. And I'll tell you something, and people may not uh, understand this. Um, Our data, we used 2019 data from Statistics Canada and Health Canada, and we used 2020 data to compare, you know, pre pandemic to, to post pandemic. And I would dearly love to just update it to 2021, but you know what? Statistics Canada still today, as of this day has not released that data. There's interim data, but the actual data, and and by the way, Laura, Lynn, you might not know this, but we have some, we have very active subscribers and our subscribers back in August wrote, there was a number of them wrote statistics Canada and said, where's the 2021 data? and the response they got a written response back from uh, Reven, uh, Statistics Canada said oh it'll be released in December of 2022 uh, well we're in February 2023 and it's not released yet so I wonder why uh,
0: Ken. I wonder <laughs> what the problem might be hmm well
2: <laughs> it must Maybe be supply understaffed. chain stuff
0: really. yes uh, <laughs> You know, we'll give them I, the benefit yeah. of the doubt. But when that data is released, it's not good. It's not good on the side of this whole propaganda agenda that they've done. Um, you know, they called this, um, the you know, the pandemic of the unvaccinated for a while. Well, that's turned out not to have, uh, you know, not to uh, wear well historically now, because now everyone dying, the, the statistics are clear. It's the vaccinated now in the hospital Um, having gotten COVID despite getting the vaccines and now unable to fight it because their immune systems are so damaged.
2: Yeah. And, you know, all throughout this thing, and and we looked at more than just the numbers, you know, and I, and I want to, I want to reassure your viewers, you know, often when you hear an engineer say statistics, you know, your mind shuts down and you kind of leave the room and get some popcorn or something. But folks, when I say statistics, I'm just talking about arithmetic. You know, adding and subtracting. Nothing spectacular here. For instance, um, in the uh, we were looking at um, uh, the the most vulnerable age group, which uh, according to the government was those people that were 70 years of age and older. So we looked at the mortality statistics for those people in 2019, before the the pandemic, and then in 2020 we looked at the data. And what we found is In 2019, if you were 70 years of age and older, you had a one, believe it or not, you had a one in 32 chance of dying. One in 32, that was prior to the pandemic. During the pandemic, if you were 70 years of age, uh, according to their own numbers, your chance of dying because of COVID was one in 324. So you had a 10 times higher chance of just dying in 2019 than you did of dying of COVID-19. And so when I talk about statistics, we put it we put it in terms people can understand, you know, and we're not talking about percents and we're not talking about all kinds of crazy probabilities. We're saying it's your chances were one in 32 or one in 324. And we did that for a whole wide range of, of age groups. And it just got more and more uh, incredible. You know, that 19 year, uh, between the ages of one and 19 years of age, your chances of uh, of uh, uh, getting COVID and dying from it, according to the government, were about one in four million, and your chances of of uh, of dying just overall was about one in fourteen hundred. So you know that <laughs> why would you be administering this to children? Wow. And then and, and, and so when we saw that we and we checked checked uh, for pregnant women, and we and we were astonished once again. You know the. The chances of, a, of a, a woman who was pregnant of getting the uh, COVID and that age group of getting COVID and dying were about one and a quarter of a million. And your chances of just dying f- overall from whatever cause um, were, uh, I think it was one in about um, three, th- uh, here it is, it's one in 1763. So, you know, <laughs> and, and then we, and then once we've, we understood that, we started to look at the published data published by the either Pfizer or by the government. So with pregnant women, we we found out by looking at their own data that it was never tested on pregnant or breastfeeding women. It was not known whether it had effects on fertility. They did no carcinogenity testing. They did no long-term testing on it. And so you have to ask the question that if, you're, if your risk of giving COVID-19 and dying from it was so astronomically high compared to, say, suicides or murder or accidents, why would you be giving it to the most vulnerable population that we have without testing? So, you know, and, and Laura, Lana as we talked about before, as we kept looking, it kept bringing, taking, I kept getting pushed in different directions because it seemed that every time I picked up a rock and looked underneath of it, there were bad things hiding More <laughs> you
0: know we, we
2: looked at yeah we looked at messaging and the government and and this is and this is on i can't remember what page it is in our report but we looked at messaging and you know in the early part of december of 2020 the government of canada announced and the, and there's copies of the announcement in our in our report but they the government of canada announced that they had uh here it is december 9th 2020 government of canada issued a a press release to canadians in which they said that they had now approved this vaccine and it had gone through a rigorous um uh testing process with the best science and then they said that they had a strong monitoring program to make sure it was safe so we looked at that and and the monitoring system is a volunteer one and I'm sure no one in your audience knows the name of it. People say theirs, but that's the United States. And then people say CARES, and that's a a, a civilian-run voluntary system in Canada. But the government-run system is hardly known. So they introduced a never-before-known genetic treatment, an mRNA treatment. They reassured you that they had tested it, and they hadn't. They told you that they had a strong monitoring system and it was a voluntary one. Uh, so, how, how do you believe them on any of this? You know, it, I'm not a lawyer, but I've talked about uh, standards of duty and fiduciary duty and common duty and those kinds of things. But when you're forcing someone to take a, a, a drug or a, a, a what they called a vaccine, by the way, which they, of course they changed the definition of the word vaccine in order to be able to call it that. But when you, when you see this kind of stuff, you have to keep looking and, and you'd be amazed at some of the things that we found out since writing this report. And Laura Lynn, I think, you know, that we we've got, um, uh, some folks are, are, um, a little intimidated at reading an 89 page report. So we started a series of webcasts and each webcast is 20 minutes or so long and there's three hosts uh, sometimes there's two but often there's three and we go through the report almost page by page and just go through the charts and we explain what it says and and they're in like i said they're in 20 minute segments there's 14 of them now and that completes our webcasts on the on the investigative report um, but subsequent to that we started you know, we started a new series of the webcasts and we're up to, we. I think we filmed three now. One's been released. But the new stuff we've been finding out is incredible. For instance, we've got an, a webcast coming out, I think in a week or so or next, I think it's like this week. And it's about efficacy. You know how they were telling you it was 95% efficacy or 92% or whatever, 80%, whatever they said it was. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't tell out. you. Yeah. But what they didn't tell you was that per- efficacy is what they called relative efficacy. Now, people, we've done a whole webcast on it. It's coming out. It's not out yet. So I'm I'm kind of scooping myself here. But relative efficacy is really interesting. For your viewers, think about two, you're on a four lane highway and you're driving along minding your own business and you're driving at 100 kilometers an hour. Somebody pulls up beside you and they're and they're not passing you but they pull up beside you they're going 100 kilometers an hour your relative speed is zero you know how you know you're driving along and there's somebody pulled up alongside you going 100 kilometers an hour you're looking out the window and they're staring back at you and it's annoying well even though you're both going 100 miles an hour or 100 kilometers an hour your relative speed in other words your speed of, of me compared to the person who's driving along beside me is zero now so when you report relative speed and you say it's zero you have no idea how fast i'm going i could be going 100 kilometers an hour i could be going 400 kilometers an hour but as long as i'm reporting relative speed in other words my speed relative to the next guy you have no idea how dangerous my driving is and that's kind of what they did with the vaccines so they they took for instance i'm just going to make up some numbers for for illustrative purposes so keep in mind my my picture about the two cars driving beside each other. So if you had 200 people and you split them up, randomly selected people, and you split them up into two groups, 100 people in each group. And let's say in the first group, you didn't give them any vaccine, magic vaccine. And the second group, you gave them vaccine. And now you tested them. So in the first group that didn't get any vaccine, let's say there were 10 people infected. In the second group that got vaccine, let's say there were five. Now, you would like, to, you would think, and I would too, that, well, my chances of getting sick, because remember there was 100 people in the first group that didn't get treatment and there was only 10 infected, so my chances of being healthy were 90%. In the other group, we had vaccine, remember there was 100 people and there were five infected, so my chances of being uh, healthy there was 95%. In other words, the efficacy was the difference between 90% and 95%, so I had, an in, I had a gain of 5%. But they didn't report it to you that way. Just like the two cars, they did it relatively. So they said 10 people got sick in one, five people got sick in the other. Divide it, so 5 divided by 10 is 0.5 times 100, 50% efficacy. So the difference between 5% efficacy, or in my car example, we're both going 100 miles an hour, or relative <laughs> efficacy, which was, which was 50%, just like my two cars, it was zero. Now, and that might sound confusing, but it's a shell Sleight gate. of hand. yes, yeah, sleight of hand. And again, when our webcast comes out, it'll be perfectly clear to folks because I'm better it. when I have graphics. But You so know, people
0: she- perish for lack of knowledge, Ken. And you're just yeah. you break it down so simply. That's what I loved about your report. Uh, I knew even a judge might understand it, <laughs> and and so because uh, <laughs> they don't seem to understand what's going on right now. But I was hoping that it would help. And I, I appreciate what you're saying. Like just like it's it it really is simple when you you know put it in those terms.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. And well, like I said, every time we lifted up a stone, as you would say, it was full of scorpions. It's, uh, so, you know, they, they, they not only, I mean, I guess what they said was truthful with regard to what we just talked about, but it, nobody told you that it was relative efficacy. I didn't, I've never heard that term before. So how did you make a decision? You know? Yeah.
0: So now, uh, if you're able to expand your report going into the numbers for 2022 when, with death counts and all of that, I mean, uh, we're seeing this excess deaths. I think that your yes. report is going to be able to be a, a simplified way um, for, for everyone to, to have the information on hand. And I just want to remind everyone of it's it's True Facts 19.0. Oh, TheTrueFacts19.com. C19. Oh, the sorry. c
2: 19com
0: <laughs> Right. Uh, my eyes, because I'm reading the URL on a very tiny screen. <laughs> right. Um, here, let's see if I can get that back up so that we can uh, put that up for for folks here. Because everyone, every single person listening to me right now, if you go to this, you will be able to download it and have it for yourself At any time that you would like to remind yourself, because I don't know if everyone's like me, but sometimes, you know, there it is, uh, JT, the uh, TrueFactsC19.com. You know, I I go over all the facts and then, you know, it's a few days and somebody says, well, I don't know, you know, uh, all this crazy stuff about not getting the vaccine. Why shouldn't I be? And then I got to like, you know, regurgitate my mind. You've got this document that can very easily you know, already be highlighted to a few pages and it's, it's a very good reminder. It's right there. And as you expand this, um, which I do think maybe you've started something. I don't know when this will end for you, Ken, but you might have made, you know, gotten a, a make work, um, <laughs> you know, proposition for yourself for the rest of your life. Because it doesn't seem like the end to the lies is anytime soon.
2: Well, you know, it's coming, uh, Laura Lynn. I, I can tell you, the feeling in the country has changed in the last six months. Information starting to come out on—I don't even know what to call them anymore—the legacy media, the—the—I the, the, I don't know what to call them anymore. I, I, it's interesting. The
0: liars—that would be they, one yeah. thing. They've deceived. You know,
2: they're—they're they're yeah, so but, but culpable.
0: You, it's so
2: wrong. You know, and and the problem is, is that even when they admit. Criminality, in in my opinion, and again, I'm not a lawyer, folks, but um, going down to the United States, I remember uh, Dr. Birx uh, announced, um, I guess she was in a Senate uh, investigation or a congressional uh, investigation some months ago, and she admitted that they knew, they knew yes. that the vaccines did not prevent spread, but she hoped that they would. And so that's what they went with. So folks, when you were barred from going to see your dying parent, or you were barred from going in to see the uh, go to go to the see your kids at school or your kids play sports because the vaccines they said prevented spread, they didn't. And Dr. Burks admitted that in I believe it was an investigation, Congress or Senate. And I don't know, understand why she hasn't been charged with something. I, 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 I you know, again, I'm not a lawyer, but the information's coming out. I mean. Who was it now, uh, Laura Lynn? Was it Bonnie Henry that was test- that had to be was cross examined in a case just recently, and she was asked. I think Leighton Gray was was um, was questioning her, and they asked what scientific basis that the uh, that uh, they came up with to impose these lockdowns. And and Bonnie, I believe it was Bonnie Henry, said they didn't have any. They just followed Quebec or Toronto or something. And yes, <laughs> I mean that's. That's a, I wonder if that Laura, maybe you can answer this for me. Would that work if I was driving 150 kilometer hours down the highway and following the car in front of me, and the RCMP nope. pulled me over? And it's funny, well, you'd it works have the for book them. thrown
0: at you. Uh, all of us would have any book thrown at us, um, and and that's what they've done. And they're trying to do that to the doctors. And yesterday we yes. had Dr. Trozzi and uh, Dr. Patrick Phillips and Dr. Charles Hoff, and they've had the book thrown at them. And basically, it all comes down to that the government and or or the medical authorities they had, you know, they had what they they called um, what was it? It was recommendations. Recommendations. Yeah. The, these were never meant to be um, nooses that were put around doctors stating you better not say anything otherwise. And now I I know in the last couple of days I've read an article. I read so many so sometimes I can't remember. You know where it was but basically now um the doctors now treating the covid patients that are in the hospital right now are are going back to they're not using the um you know the intubators uh and they're just saying well those were recommendations so we're not doing that now they've literally been guilty i believe if you start getting um i saw i saw a document about how many people have died on those, uh, tubes that they put down yeah. ventilators. And if you start incorporating that kind of information as well, I mean, it's damning. It's so shocking. Uh, Dr. Paul Alexander often reports on his Substack about that and courageous, um, discourse with Dr. Peter McCullough is always highlighting also all of this latest stuff. So I just want our audience to make sure, and you know, Ken, you're a true Canadian and a real freedom stander. Um, And I just thank you for that. I'm sorry that you've gotten, you know, that you're going to get lash back and maybe continue to do so. But here you are just putting out the truth and every Canadian can go to this information that is Quite particular to Canada uh, and to yes. the different provinces. This is beautiful. This is probably one of the finest documents uh, that you can find in Canada. And and I just appreciate you putting it together. It's a been a labor of love in a way, I guess.
2: No, I, I would say more a labor of fear, uh, uh, right. Laura, because my my wife came in and said I had to do it, <laughs> wow. and there was no way I wasn't going Good for to. Her. <laughs>
0: And how important that is to have that kind of backing. Um, we're hearing stories now of couples that have not survived the COVID-19 propaganda. Yeah. Uh, the You know, one person believed it and the other person could see through it. Uh, this is yes. dividing families, parents, uh, grandparents. It's It's been such a divider, a divisive time of deviance, of deception. It's, so wrong, and your kind of document cuts through all of that, gives us some something to sink our teeth into, and to use and to help our fellow man.
2: Yeah, and, and, and yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we um, these are the numbers in in our report, the numbers report for mortality is exactly the way the government reported them. You know, we didn't question uh, were the testing accurate. We didn't question whether it was a death. Uh, because of COVID or with COVID, because there's issues around that, we didn't question any of that. We just took their own words and asked, "What does it mean?" And we didn't know. and And I, I don't believe I even give you a whole lot of um, opinion in that report, if any. I just report the numbers and I'll ask questions like, "How come no one's looking into this?" or "What do you think about this, folks?" So again, you know, you, when you read this report, it's not it's not the opinion of Ken Drysdale. It's the government's own statistics. And (laughs) I like the way you're
0: saying it. You put it in front of an employer that is trying to demand that you get a COVID-19 vaccine. You put it in front of those that are disagreeing with you and you just ask the question, what do you think of these statistics? This is from the government's own website. It's fantastic. Ken, please let us know um, of every update that you do. I'm very excited to hear the good news that this yeah. is making such an impact
2: well and, and f- folks and, and always want or always ask me well what good is this doing you know what can i do to help some people what can i do to help or you you probably get them as well you're not doing enough i if i was going to do it i'd do it this way you know like it's like um the person who's sitting watching sunday afternoon football you know they, they could always do it better they played football in high school and so they can play better but um in in this instance and in the in the time that we're in right now there's some really good opportunities for ordinary folks like you and i to get out there and make a difference you know the national citizens inquiry made a big press announcement yesterday um they announced some of the locations that they're going to hold hearings in and they announced two of the uh uh, commissioners the independent commissioners Uh, One is uh, Bernard Massey from uh, Montreal or Quebec, I'm not sure if he's from Montreal or Gatineau, I can't remember. And then myself, I've been uh, uh, um, charged with being one of the commissioners in the National Citizens Inquiry. And if if folks don't know what that is, I encourage you to uh, go to to their website, uh, just the nationalcitizensinquiry.ca. And what it is, it's an independent group of citizens, and and for the last um, six, eight, nine months, citizens have been um, submitting to the uh, on their website on the on the um, inquiries website about whether what their stories were. There's experts coming forward that are submitting uh, information, and uh, starting on March 18th, I think in Truro, Nova Scotia. Uh, the first three-day hearing will occur and they'll have a uh, live uh, and video, um, you know, uh, podcast or um, Zoom type uh, testimony from experts from all over the world, from Canada, from ordinary citizens like us, from doctors, from lawyers. And they're looking at all aspects of the pandemic response and they're doing it in a very balanced way. You know, they're asking citizens, they're asking experts, they're asking government officials. Uh, to come and it's a again it's a completely independent uh, organization that's being funded by citizens of Canada and if and if folks want to take a look at the website and um, and feel that's something they want to get behind you can donate you can you can show up at the hearings you can uh, tell your story Uh, I encourage you you know folks are always saying to me well what can I do what well this is something you can do you can get behind you can show up at uh, at the uh, conferences and right now they've announced um uh hearings in truro montreal winnipeg uh and uh, red deer and i think a few other places uh west in western canada that they haven't quite nailed down yet so i can't announce those but the commission will be in each one of the locations for three days and they'll hear testimony it'll be recorded and then at the end of the of the um, the hearings they'll generate a report and it will talk about you know based on the evidence it's be an evidence-based report about what went wrong what went right were there any criticisms those kinds of things and then of course the next logical question people ask me is well what's the point of doing another report and i think the whole idea with this to. with the level yeah but with the mm-hmm. level of people that they're attracting to come testify and the fact that we're doing it live from city to city to city, we're going to bring information to that, that those people that are currently in a silo and they're not listening. You know, if, if all you're watching is a CBC or or CNN or any of those, you don't really know what's going on, oh. and so oh, it's nothing else. Sure. This is, yeah.
0: I mean, if all you're watching is mainstream media, uh, barring Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram. If all you're watching is mainstream media, you haven't got a flipping clue what is really going on. And, uh, you know, it's just like this poor dear lady trying to educate her pastor right now uh, who who is, d- doesn't know who Klaus Schwab is, doesn't know who Harari is. Um, it's very sad, I have to say. Um, we're, we've just been hoodwinked and... I'm I'm glad that I'm here with people like you every day. People like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Trozzi. Um, oh, you're you frozen actually. We're sorry, Ken, but we sure do appreciate you. So everybody, um, you know, we were kind of done anyways. But we've got that website. Y'all know what it is now, and uh, it is true facts C19. The true facts c and you can download this magnificent PDF and have it printed out the way my husband had to do, get it in front of every judge, every lawyer, send it to your member of parliament. They probably already have a copy, but they need another one. And uh, Ken's gonna keep going. My name is Laurel Lynn Tyler-Thompson, everybody. It has been a pleasure to be with you today. My website is laurellynn.tv. Thank you very much for your support of what we do. We can't do it without you. We do very much appreciate That you invest in us. Also, would you please remember, Doctor or Pastor Arthur Palowski? Tomorrow he will be in court. It's a very serious court date. A lot of decisions being made. I don't know if he gets the final outcome, but he will be appearing. And so we have got a cameraman in Lethbridge, Alberta, who's going to be going there to get some visuals, to see how it's going down. It's my understanding that people are going to be gathering. They're going to be worshiping and and standing with Pastor Archer. Thanks for all of the pastors and the leaders who are beginning to really hold this man up because of the fire that he's come under. And he's absolutely right. And, you know, we're so appreciative of him. Also, if you would like to invest in gold and silver, please do that. Uh, we recommend Steve Merrill we really know he's solid so he knows how to get your order done answer your questions get the silver and gold into your hands. how powerful is that the money that's in your bank account um, it's sometimes fading away the money that was in our bank account used to be worth a dollar uh, you know 78. Uh, it's now worth a dollar forty compared to the US dollar. Sorry, our Canadian dollar. The US dollar is worth a dollar forty. I'm not saying it right at all. <laughs> we're rich. Um, we're very poor. Um, a, a Canadian dollar is a dollar forty. And I think I hear Ken on the other side, JT. you hearing that noise? That's not me. So <laughs> I probably log back on. <laughs> yeah. Um but we appreciate Ken being with us today. So our US dollar uh, is a dollar forty. Um no no Canadian oh, okay. A US dollar's worth. Okay, a Canadian dollar. You need a Canadian dollar forty <laughs> to buy a US dollar. <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to the banking. So I'll be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Sell me a $1,000. I won't know which way the transaction's going and it'll cost us a lot of money. So, you know, if you try to change over your money, that's what happens. So anyways, we like Steve Merrill. All right. Uh, Shane is reminding me that we want to promote the amazing Christine Anderson. Um, in She will be in Calgary uh, on the 18th of February. And... What an event that is going to be. She's here in Canada for tour dates and locations. Visit the website, www.cadtour.com, www.cadtour.com to get where uh, the closest city that you can see, Christine Anderson, will be for you. Um, It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Was there another thing that we were uh, for Dr. Trozi? Uh, He's got something coming up. I don't know if we have that. Poster ready. Yep, you got it right there. There we go. Uh, United Health Conference fundraiser for the vaccine injured. Fantastic. Look at this lineup. Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Joe Kellerstein, uh, Christine Nagel will be there. Dr. Chris Shoemaker, Dr. Mark Trozzi, Chris Vleck, uh, Tracy Ann Zimmerman, Glenn Jung, Vincent Gerses, love him, Amanda Forbes, Dr. Sam Dubay. Uh, Christine Colbeck, Sarah—that's a hard name, Sarah—and um, of course, lawyer Michael Alexander, whom we had on yesterday. Jody Ledgerwood, uh, B. Love, Christine Nagel—I mentioned three. Uh, uh, Kirti Rada—that's <laughs> a—that's a name, let me tell you. So uh, that's going on. Hopefully, if you're in the the area to get to that um, event in Toronto, then what's the date? 4th and 5th. Okay. Yeah, 4th and 5th of February. That's um well, you better get your tickets cuz that's like in 3 days. So don't miss out on that. All right. Thanks everyone. Um isn't it beautiful outside? Should we play that that video one more time of the the truck crashing? So this is how this is how Vancouverites in British Columbia drive in the snow. That poor guy, I feel so bad. I really do for this, you know, this bus driver, he gets up every day just like us, puts his pants on, heads off to work, it's dark, it's cold, it's been a snowy overnight, and he gets in the truck, in the bus, and heads to work, and oh, takes a corner that he takes every day. You know, that's what happens, right? They take this corner every day, And then, oh, it's so sad. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord bless you. I hope everyone's all right. And, oh, we just don't know how to drive in the snow, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, oh, God bless that man. I don't know what happens when you have an accident like that. So I want to leave you today with a passage from one of the greatest sermons that Jesus ever spoke. Jesus was a man who had a very high position in the universe. He was the Son of God. God the Father and Jesus came up with a plan to redeem humanity. And that plan involved that Jesus would come to the earth, born as a child to a virgin, and that he would grow normally like all of us and he would go through all the temptations that all of us might go through and he would be tested and tried even by the devil himself the devil himself offering what arrogance to jesus the the kingdoms of the world as if he didn't already have all of that but even the devil looked at jesus as a man with blood, sweat and tears and thought, maybe I can bribe the Son of God into something else than the Father's will. Jesus came so that he would die, not take over the political realms. Everybody wanted him to be a big political leader. The disciples were so disappointed, don't you understand? As they began to see that Jesus could heal the deaf and cause the blind, eyes to be open that he could actually raise the dead. They were hoping he was going to deal with the Romans. And you know, he never did. What he came to do was give them life, and that more abundantly. His plan was not political. He came to change the world through surrender, through servanthood, to die for our sins. Us who are so guilty came to die for us and to rise again, thereby sealing our forgiveness for all time. If you're bearing any shame for what you've done in the past, don't. He died for that. And if you do not receive his forgiveness, that's like saying, what you did, Jesus, it just wasn't good enough for me. It doesn't cover my sin. My sin is so big, I think dying on the cross is so big. Dying one of the most horrid deaths is so big. So when Jesus came to earth, one of the biggest sermons he ever did was on the Sermon on the Mountain. Do you know what he said? He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you me we are the salt of the earth if we lose our saltiness what does that mean what does salt do you put it into food it changes everything right we're the salt sprinkled into the the ways of humanity into politics into the church into mainstream we are salt and when we are sprinkled in there we change everything but if we lose our saltiness we're not any good but to be trodden underfoot of men be the salt be the light change the world we'll see you tomorrow You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support.